There's no show like it on the interweb of things. Actually, there's many shows like it, but that's not a big banner headline. When you, you have to have like excitement about this stuff. So this is a, a fiercely unique show. We're the only show. It's not. It's it's wonderful. We have a good time. It's the loftest party. Everybody, uh, you've got a sleep deprived Michael over here in Los Angeles, and you have a you have a very busy uh, gypsy over there on the on the east coast of things. Yes. I guess I guess we'd call. No, you're in the south. Whatever the south. Yeah, I'm the, I, I like the south. I don't like being wrapped in with those east coast elites. Those sons of bitches. I hate them. Exactly. There's a ton to talk about. There's a ton to get you caught up on. There's a ton to discuss the philosophy of things, what's going on in the news. I know here's some of the subjects that we're going to hit. This is my little tease. This is my new uh, my new thing to keep people listening. Stay listening. At the end of the show, we're going to talk about uh, Sandler on SNL, Game of Thrones, Hillary Clinton. Well, we'll probably get to Hillary before that on Rachel Maddow. But we got to talk about the Facebook bans. We got to talk about the censorship. That seems like it's number one in my book. I don't know. Uh, what's, you know, the Mueller bar thing. I want to give you guys my two cents on that. It's, it's not getting out of hand. It's been out of hand for a really long time. And I'm really, I'm really, really ready for someone, some, somewhat uh, competent on the right to stand in and have, and, and have some uh, cojones. Uh, we're going to talk about spying on Trump. We're going to talk about uh, Buttigieg, 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 Joe Biden. What's going on in Venezuela? We got to talk. About, there's a lot. There's a lot. And so uh, we should probably start with the Facebook ban because I think that's what affects everyone have, the most. I have if, if you listen. I'm sorry. I have thoughts. I, I, I do, too. I do, too. Like my first my knee jerk reaction is just I'm horrified. I'm horrified by the entire thing. And I'm horrified that like as I'm talking about, you know, hey, the Facebook ban and all this stuff, like I'm it's it's already affecting my judgment. I'm like, mm, what's the title of this episode going to be? Because I don't want to put Facebook in there. I don't want to put Facebook ban in there uh, and all that stuff. It is uh, it's 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 scary. It's disconcerting. I'm not sure what the answer is, and that's what I love to do on this show is like make fun of stupid stuff that's going on and then have some kind of like ray of sunshine, some little ray of hope. I don't know what the answer is. And I and do. I can't I can't say this, oh I'm so then you get ready. You get ready with that answer. I just want to say this really quickly. Uh, I don't I haven't seen all of his videos, but that Paul Joseph Watson guy from Prison Planet. Mm-hmm. I, I I never ever thought that dude was peddling hate speech or bizarre conspiracies. I never ever thought that. So uh, to me, he's wh- whatever. I don't want to talk about who's innocent and who's guilty and blah 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 blah. It's about freedom of speech or no freedom of speech. So, Gypsy, enlighten me. Bring in a little ray of sunshine because I know you always got it. Okay, so <laughs> I I get I tweet lots of unpopular things because. I guess I have a different um, thought process than most people. And I get the whole private companies, you know, low regulation, da-da-da-da-da. That is not the point. Facebook, Twitter, and the social media platforms are already, first of all, they're public companies, not private companies. They're not like Hobby Lobby. They're traded publicly on the stock exchange. Mm, That's a very good point. There you go. Gypsy's on fire. Second, when these 
these platforms popped up, they made assurances to the FEC and, and Congress and said, we want to be governed under Section 230 of the, of the, the Communications Act, right? Like yes. the phone company. In other words, we are just a non-biased platform with which people can communicate. AT&T can't cut off your phone system no matter how anti-Semitic, homophobic, misogynist, or racist you are on the telephone. They're not peeking into your phone call and say, no, 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 Michael can't say that. Cha-ching. No phone for you. Right? This is another, another super solid point. I'm not, I'm not so, even kidding. You're, you are already, crushing it. You know, You're hitting we, home run after home run we, over we, here. We can't regulate social media because my private company. No, they're already under a regulatory scheme. One they asked for, one they gave assurances to get the protections from. Okay? Skadoosh. If they are not going to live up to the assurances they made, take them out of Section 230 and make them publishers. Period. Okay. Now let me I, – I, this is this, – okay. I, I'm serious. I have to wrap my brain around this. Who else is saying this besides you? You are the first person, and I and I, I've got, it, it, this is a, a serious Loftus party. Pat yourself on the back, podcast moment. Because <laughs> like I'm all, like last week, we're we were all like we're ahead of the curve. We're ahead of the curve. I'm not kidding you, Liberty um, Gimlet. Actually, I have no, I have not heard anyone else say this in all the discussion. In I, all the discussion, you've heard some congressmen allude to it, like Ted Cruz when when the um when the executives have been on the hill, um. It's come through a lot of debate among um, my colleagues at the Resurgent because we all have thoughts on this. Imagine that. Um, and then some folks online, um, if you look at some of the larger accounts that are calling for it, they've mentioned this regulatory scheme. But to sit here and say that private companies, first of all, not private companies, public companies should be free from regulation. Um such as Facebook and Twitter, is just a lie. They're already subject to a regulatory scheme. Well, we need to uh, we need to shout this from the mountaintops. We need to get it going because so, ultimately, I don't care what their decision is, but they don't deserve the protections that the telephone company gets and other true platforms or utilities get, right? If they're not going to live by the same rules. Well, so that's one thing. Mm -hmm. That's one thing, and then we also have to keep. So we have to address that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Ted Cruz will 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 stay loud and stay proud. It uh, and this is like conspiracy theory, Joe over here. It just seems like uh, like the other side is getting away with it. It's like uh, Facebook, for, and this is like, this is maybe just a, a vicious rumor, but like, uh, hey, if you repost something by Alex Jones. And Infowars. If you repost something by Prison Planet, if you repost something uh, by Paul Joseph Watson, you'll—they're going to get rid of you too. It's like there's like this guilt of, of uh, association. Guilt by association. I've seen that. I haven't gone back and actually verified Twitter's public statement. But my favorite part of this, my favorite part. I'm so glad you have a favorite part. They threw in Louis Farrakhan just to prove that they're fair. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, but I, I don't like that ratio. I don't like that, hey, here's one for you and here's three for us. No, 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 no. Because then all of the legacy mainstream media, you know, other than Fox, was basically taking the position that, <laughs> and actually their headlines read, Far-right extremists banned from Facebook. Excuse me, since when has Louis Farrakhan been on the right? Well, he's anti-Semitic, yeah. so clearly he is. I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys have Ilhan Omar. Stop. It's <laughs> just uh, stop. Well, that's, they'll just say that's just sloppy journalism. That's just, you know what? We make mistakes, and sometimes as the, as the fourth estate and the gatekeepers on truth, justice, and the American way, you make mistakes. I just, it's, it's very, very dangerous. And it it seems and it's tinfoil hat stuff. It's, it's just, like it's let's let's get this out of the way now. Let's get this out of the way now uh, as we get closer and closer to the 2020 election. And and I I really feel like this is the tip of the iceberg. It's the tip of the iceberg. And uh, I peddle in jokes. I peddle in jokes and a uh, small government philosophy. So hopefully I will be exempt. But you guys. Go to the go to the loftusparty dot com and sign in. Uh, make your account. I don't like I don't like the idea of. I mean, listen, I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second. Let's say you are uh, on, uh, on the board at, over at Facebook, and you like you do want to protect people from fake news, and you do want to protect people from quote unquote hate speech. I got to know who's making those decisions. I got to know. And if you do have a policy, it has to be very, very clear, and it has to be enforced uh, equally. You can't just willy-nilly, holy smoke, and then the other one that drives me crazy. Yeah, have a policy, enforce it uh, equally, but this is to all the people who are, hey, just go build your own. Hey, just just go start your own. Someone and I love the optimism of some of these people that you see on social media. They're like, there's got to be a a rich conservative out there who who wants to do. I I guarantee there is. It's very hard. It's very very hard well, to try to do a big social media thing. And then even if you do, say what you will about Gab. Say what you will about Gab. They're they're literally trying. I will give them credit. They are literally trying. And there's just a list of people who won't allow them to be on their uh, paypal won't allow them oh. uh, bitpay won't allow them coinbase won't allow them uh all the 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 hosting places that won't allow them godaddy uh, asia registry won't allow them app store won't allow them google play won't allow them that you you there's they will just systematically unperson you so it's not so easy just to make your own and and that's and, not that's not the only problem okay i think all of these people out there Build your own. And, I mean, there are some things out there. Minds.com is based on blockchain. It's a decent platform. I don't really understand their TOS, so I can't recommend it. I'm there, but I'm – Terms of service. Yeah. I'm figuring it out, right? The IDW yes. community has just launched. Um, they're still kind of figuring their their whole thing out. Um But the other thing is there is an article in Gizmodo, which is a fairly decent tech tech publisher, um, yeah, even yeah. if you're not crazy about their politics. There's an article in there. Um, I cut the big five tech companies from my life. It was hell. When you start to understand what kind of footprint these organizations, especially Google, 
has in um, server bays and everything else, you really start to understand how dystopian this this could actually get. I yeah. mean, if, if there are places where you can't get internet service if you decide to take out, to, to not ping Google servers, and basically when you sign up for, the, here's the other thing that makes me super mad, super mad. When you sign up for any of these platforms, Facebook, Google, Twitter, etc., you look at their terms of service and you agree to use those service in exchange for an inordinate amount of your personal data. So in order to post ads on Facebook, they have a copy of my driver's license, they have my driver's license number, they have my full name, they have they have where I live, they have my home address. Okay? Whoosh. Yeeg. That's what they require now to post ads because Russians post a few ads on Facebook and clearly that swung the election. Um Yeah, that whatever. was it. That was the that was the that was the big one. Whatever. Um <laughs> Facebook is technologically savvy enough to be able to tell that I use a home IP and that it's located in the United States. They shouldn't need anything more than that. But well. anyway, I'm saying you give it so even if I posted a Paul a Paul Watson video tomorrow and and the rumors are true and they banned me, they still have all of my personal information. And how do you get it back? You don't. How do you you don't. <laughs> you don't. It's this well, it's the same with Google. It's like and their terms of their terms of service fake Facebook terms of service doesn't specify anything. They just talk about these vague things called community standards. And when you read about community standards, you could ban anyone according to those. They yes. need solid terms of service that say if you literally incite violence, a call for violence is defined by the Supreme Court, right? If yep. you literally post child porn, if you dock someone, and if you know, if you do or you post revenge porn, you're gone. Those things are all against the law. Or if right. you, if you are if I mean, Engaging in terroristic planning is against U.S. law. Okay. There's well, I don't want to get mired down in the, yeah. in the details. They, they keep it vague for a reason. Oh, they keep I know. it vague for but, a reason. Like the like the IRS keeps it vague for a reason, so they can just use their laws whenever they want to use their laws. But so, I mean, no or, other we, public company would get away with having a user contract that looked like that. Right. So we, we we've got to get uh, the government involved. Yeah, is that where we've landed on this? That we the have to take away these protections. Involved. The government gave them the classification that protects them from copyright infringement laws and everything else, because they were supposed to be a non-biased platform. So the government so the needs government, to take away those protections. The government needs to take away those protections. So the government needs to get involved is what out. I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Oh, my God. So actually, I want the government to do less. Well, to get involved, to take away the things. Exactly. Okay. Oh, my but God. But they're already involved. Uh, I don't want – I don't want to be worried about what I'm posting on Facebook. I don't want to be worried about it. Now, if the government needs to stay, step in and take away some protections, then so be it. Yep. So well, then uh, I don't want to get bogged down in the semantics of it all. I want to I want to have some hope. Yeah, no, but I mean, if they were not governed under the, cert, the set of regulations like the telephone company, 
they would be governed as any other publisher, right? They would be broke inside of six months. If they were responsible for all of the content, because they actually want to curate now, right? They want to say, these ideas are not okay. And when you, when you go back and you look at, because um, Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, has actually had people embedded in these organizations. Oh, he's next. That dude's next. They'll get, I swear, I'm not even kidding. They'll get rid of him. Oh, They'll I know. get rid of him. The, the, the amazing part of it is when you listen to these engineers talk, I remember a specific one where the engineer said, well, if they're posting about guns and religion and da-da-da-da-da, they have to be a Russian bot. Like, yeah. People inside of these companies are so fully bathed in leftist ideology because of where they live and the industry they're in. They don't even understand there are valid opinions from Americans on the other sides of these issues. No, they don't, and that's that's the big, big problem with it all. I was doing mm-hmm. uh, this this whole thing of these people who live in ivory towers or worship the people who live in ivory towers who are making these willy-nilly decisions. Oh, you're a bad person. You're off the platform. Oh, you're a bad person. You shouldn't get to vote. Oh, whatever it is. It's, it's crazy. I was down at Comedy and Magic uh, doing stand-up the other night. And there's this kid from Manchester, England, really funny kid, has a great mm-hmm. has a great closing bit. But we're hanging out backstage uh, and he, you know, of course, he starts talking and I'm like, oh, where are you from? And he's like, oh, Manchester, blah, blah, blah. Another comic says something about Brexit. He rolls his eyes and I and I'm like, I didn't know which side of the issue he was on. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, uh, I'm like, yeah, that's a tough one over there, man. That's a tough one. I, that's got to be incredibly frustrating uh, with Brexit because I'm coming at it. I'm coming from the side of the, everyone who voted for Brexit three years ago and have watched has watched the government drag their feet. And this kid, I forget his name, he goes off. He goes off. He's like, yeah, you've got all these idiots voting on something they don't understand. Like he was so against Brexit. And then I go, dude, like he was – he's literally, literally implying that while well, well, people are so stupid, uh, they shouldn't have voted for this. They're, they they should regret their vote and and thank goodness that they're dragging it out and looking for another uh, re-vote. And I'm thinking, boy, dude, that is how you get revolutions right there. Yep. You got that is, and he's like, he's like, but just put the the smart people inside. Let the smart people make the decisions. Oh my god, like, he's oh. totally brainwashed. <laughs> he's he's gone. He's gone. And that's like, I have to like maintain friendships with these people and their social niceties. So I just zipped it. I just zipped it. But oh, that's, I would have had a very hard time zipping it on that last part. I give you kudos. kudos. Oh, I was biting. Through, I was biting through my tongue. I was, oh, and I'm like, good, man. good Dude, riddance totally, there. I, serious respect. I have no faith in the people in Ivory Towers. I have None. no faith in, and that's what I love, love, love about uh, our system of government. And it's what it's what we got. There's so many other things to it's to be concerned about. Supposed to be messy. Yes, and literally, that's how you get the best result. Absolutely. That is how you get the, the best result. I'm so uh, I'm upset with these little uh, states trying to pass these uh, laws about if we don't see Trump's taxes, then he's not going to be allowed on the ballot in 2020. So Boy, there's a there's a dangerous uh, precedent. And what what makes me upset about the, uh, this, and and the, what I want to go after people for, is, is like uh, it it only affects the president and it doesn't affect the people in the state. Like I'm like, hey, how about this? How about if you run for public office, you have to unlock. I want to see them all because that's 
I'm I'm fiercely interested in uh, Nancy Pelosi. I'm fiercely interested in Maxine Waters' tax returns. Like everybody, hey, if you ran for public office, hey, I don't care if you're running for dog they, catcher. They let's open do, them up. They all do financial disclosures. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure what the president has done a financial disclosure. I don't understand what the big deal is. Like I don't. I, I honestly I don't care. I think the financial disclosures are a bigger deal. They contain information that the tax returns don't. Yeah, <laughs> so, and for all the people out there, I, I, I'm with I'm with the, the president on this one. You you know Mueller looked, you know the those guys looked, and he's so. Uh, can I just tell you how tired I am of Robert Mueller? Oh my gosh, this whole thing, no, this whole thing. No I'm ready to I'm ready to, to shift gears again. on this one like yesterday. No one can ever tell me again he's an honorable man. No, he's not. That phone call to William Barr was a – or that letter was a complete setup. Yes. Yeah. And the craven politics of dropping it the night before Barr is going in front. Like, how do people not see this? That wasn't a bombshell. The Washington Post had had that freaking information for a month. It is uh, – and then the, the loosey-goosey terms in which he's talking about, like you hear a lot of lawyers – and this is, the, this is the interesting thing, like literally trying to remain somewhat neutral. In this. You'll, have, you'll have some lawyers who are like, well, it's an obstruction. There is kind of a case there. And then the other lawyers are like, absolutely not, absolutely not. So, so there, is a, there is an argument over it. And if there's okay. an argument over it, I guess you can say that then you, you, you say, are you going to press charges or not? That's what the that's what the Mueller investigation was supposed to do. Exactly. We, we think there was a crime here. You should press charges. We don't think there was a crime here. You shouldn't press charges. Uh, we Nobody hired him to punt on one of these and, things. And, and they say it they say it reeks of this certain and I don't know the guy's name because I'm not really I'm not a newsman. I'm um, a comedian. That it reeks Andrew, of this one dude who yeah, Andrew, was uh, um, in charge of the Enron investigation. Andrew who, Weissman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who uh, well, really is really good I'm, at creating a fog of war and making people look bad and getting a lot of people in trouble. And then ultimately when it goes to a higher court, they go, no, you're out of your mind. Well, I'm I'm not neutral. <laughs> okay. And good for you. I always said – Everybody, let's just let's wait for the Mueller report. Like I'm not getting my panties up in a in a in a wad over any of these bombshells in the New York Times or the Washington Post until I see the the real deal, right? He had one job. One. And he really didn't even have that job because it was a made up job. Okay? Yeah. He knew within a very short period of time that there was no Russia collusion. He should have come out publicly and said that at that point in time because the dossier was a pile of garbage. We know that now. Yeah. He strung it out. So literally, I believe at this point from all of the analysis I've read from people much smarter than me, from reading the report itself, from watching the behavior of Mueller and Barr and everyone else, he literally strung it out waiting for Trump to do something stupid because he is so unpredictable and he can be so impulsive. The longer this went on, the more likely there would be some kind of solid obstruction thing. It was all about perjury. It was all about trying mm-hmm. to get him on, on obstruction and it was all about getting him and to he perjure himself. That was it. it. 
just as we said as soon as Ro- as as Bill Barr was in the chair. It is uh, I I don't know how you communicate this to people. I I, I really don't. These these it, it, just as a as a guy coming from the media, mm-hmm. as a guy coming ser- seriously from like the Hollywood and and from branding and and performing and communicating with people. It's it's wild to watch. I'm almost in admiration of it. How good the left is, and not everybody. You you've got the idiots, you know. But but like for the most part, even the people on the left that you see on on Fox News, they're really really good at like just Russian meddling, Russian meddling, Russian meddling. They just stick to that. They stick to it, and they don't move off it. Protecting our democracy, protecting our democracy, Russian meddling, protecting our democracy. And you just keep saying it over and over and over, and it just keeps getting baked in. I know I've said it before, but like I I find it's stunning to me, at least to the New York Times. I'll give the the failing New York Times some credit. Uh, They're starting to to publish – pieces about trump being spied on and they're, and they're using thing, their words that whole thing that was another piece of propaganda john solomon broke it down perfectly they can't deny that the trump campaign had information collection on it they didn't use spying in their headline they talk about this woman what was it azra turk who sounds suspiciously to other intelligence people like a CIA agent. Because well, of the way they didn't identify her. That means John Brennan is in the soup. But they were trying to spin this as something they were doing so they could tell Donald Trump. If you read yeah. the article. It, it was well, another spin attempt. I, I, I did not read the article. I, I, I don't go out of my way to read anything really in the New York Times. It, I find it to be... Like seriously odious and boring and uh, against everything that's – Obviously, uh, when when I saw the headline, I thought what you thought and oh my god, the tide is turning, right? Like oh my god, the MSM is actually going to report on what the actual story was here. Yeah. And I read it and I'm like, what garbage? What garbage? Anyway. It, 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 it all comes back – well – to sum it up, and I just don't know how they—I don't know how they play it out. They've done a very, 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 very good job at trying to villainize Barr as some kind of uh, boot-licking lapdog uh, for Trump, who's betraying his country and wipes his butt with the Constitution, so that when Barr starts to uncover this stuff, uh, the American people will go, "Well, that's just Barr making stuff up. That's just him making stuff up." They're already out in front of it like that, and then you've got people like Chris Wallace uh, and and others on Fox News, uh, certainly going, "Isn't the isn't the uh, the American people getting tired of this? Aren't they getting tired of this?" And I'm like, "No, you'll you'll never ever ever hear me uh, getting tired of this at all." Yeah, reply to Hammerjack. Hammerjack needs you to reply to him immediately because uh, that's what is important, and I'm glad we're focused. Uh, Joe Biden, what a joke that guy is. What an absolute tool uh, Joe Biden is. What's the over-under on his campaign imploding? It's got to. What I are you mean, thinking, like another two weeks? You gotta, he, he, does he have another two weeks or does he have another uh, five days? I've heard two schools of thought on Joe Biden, right? One, one sniffy, is, two huggy. No, what? No. What? One is there, and I believe this is, I believe both are true, and I'm kind of 
interested in how it's going to work out. Let's put it that way. Um, one is that Democrat, Democrat primary, let me try not to make it one word, um, voters are much further to the left than the Democrat coalition, right? So Joe Biden is too centrist to make it through the primary with the people who will actually vote in the primary. Because not all people vote in the primary. The other school of thought is that that centrist piece of the Democratic Party is really much bigger than the group that is far left. And they're more concerned with electability. And Joe Biden is seen as most electable against Donald Trump. I think I think Biden is gone in four weeks. I think I think what meaning meaning his numbers will be so low. He's on this false high right now. Uh, it's once again these polls where you can't uh, the way they, they I'm here we go again about polls, but the way they they run these polls and oh look at this uh, you know Mike Booty Gig is beating Trump in a head-to-head matchup by 152 points. They're ridiculous. The samples are ridiculous. I I, I can't even believe I'm talking about polls after mm-hmm. 2016. But with like Joe Biden, have you watched him speak? Have you watched what he's saying? Have you? Yeah. He looks like seriously. He doesn't look well. And this, uh, this is just my, my opinion. Like he yesterday. does say what? He had some big gaffe like yesterday, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, he's he's mumbling. He's and then and then uh, China's not our adversary. Oh, China's not our adversary. Are are you crazy? Like and and then whatever. I did a whole video on Joe Biden, but it's like that dude. It's it's name recognition. He, it's just coming off of the the eight years he was in there with with Obama. But uh, and I, I think they're trying to steer people towards him because like with these polls, you can't answer. I don't know. You have to pick somebody. You have to pick somebody. So people are going. Oh, okay. I guess uh, if I had to, I guess Biden. Because they, they, it's just name recognition. I, I don't. He's, he's not a. Oh, I don't think he's a serious threat. I don't think he has a decent idea. Like what? What can he campaign on? Come on, man! I'm looking, Mumbling, stumbling. I'm looking because this morning I saw something about his son's. Oh, that keeps that keeps no, heating not, up. Not the Ukrainian thing, but China. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, his, yeah, son yeah. Inve- his son's investment company is is really involved in China or something. Oh, it's it's super dubious. This goes back to I want to see everybody's taxes. Like I really want to see, like with Joe Biden, professional politician since 1973. I'm sure he's very good at it. But like you know, there's a foundation in there. There's some big players. Like his his sons, who are these like uh, super geniuses, they get on these boards of trust. You know, they're they're on they're on the board of the directors of the the satellite company, but they've never even ro- launched a model rocket. Like, right. <laughs> what the? It must be nice. It must be nice when your old man has uh, been a senator since nineteen eighty or whatever the heck it is. Dude got kicked out of the military for for testing positive for cocaine in two thousand four. Hey, it was war. Things happen. Sometimes you need a bump when you got a guard. <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, saying. I'm, I will publicly say here, 
Joe Biden's numbers will tank, will tank within 30 days. That's my uh, gut, ba- but then I hesitate, and I'm not exactly sure why. Well, uh, it's – I literally now am beyond being able to keep track of everybody on the Democratic side. <laughs> de Blasio's we, entering. <laughs> de Blasio's going in. That was another thing I was talking about on Fox and Friends. It was a very good segment on Fox and Friends today. De Blasio. I know – People in New York City hate him. Oh, uh, the, like just the audacity of this New guy. He would in the primary. He wouldn't. It's just the fact that he's talking about running and, yeah, go for it, dude. Go for it. You can you can claim to do for the rest of the world what you've done to, to New York. You know, I'm going to crush I, small businesses. I'm going to keep big companies like Amazon out of here. I'm never going to have the trains uh, running on a consistent basis. There's going to be crime everywhere. And it's, yeah, go ahead, de Blasio. Run. Please run. Please run. Here's the cool thing that happened. I'm just going to segue into a little bit of entertainment right here on uh, uh, the, on on Fox and Friends today. Uh, I was on talking about SNL and Sandler was on and he did a great job. He did. He did. A, Saturday Night Live was a lot of fun to watch last night. And I talked about de Blasio, yada, yada. So uh, Pete Hegseth and Ed Henry and Jedediah Bia uh, were were the hosts and they were talking about comedy and their favorite comedians. And they're like, you know, who's funny, you know, who's really funny. And I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. They're going to talk about me. And they're like, oh, Greg Gutfeld. That guy's really funny. And so. Then they go, oh, you know who else I like? And I go, okay, now they're going to say me. And like, oh, who's really, really funny? Uh, Rick Reitmuth, the the weather guy. So, uh, so weather I was, guy? Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was giving them some grief about that this morning. But that uh, – P- they're, they're all wonderful people. Pete Hegseth, Ed Henry, Jedediah. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But this uh, – I'm going out on the road and I'm doing these stand-up shows. And I was thinking about putting one together – in New York, and now I have to because I called out. Uh, Hegseth was saying that he always wanted to be a stand-up. He always wanted to do comedy, and I've seen him do like speeches and stuff. He's a really good public speaker. I'm like, here's what we're gonna do, dude. I'll I'll put together a show in New York. I don't know if he's a. I don't know if Hegseth is a Jersey guy or a Long Islander. Maybe he lives in Manhattan. I don't know. But I'm gonna put together a show. It's gonna be uh, myself, uh, Reno Collier from the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. And my buddy Brian Hayner uh, from the Deplorable Show and from the Jeff Dunham uh, World Tour and Showtime and all that stuff. But I'm like, I'm like, I call, I did this on the air. Uh, I'm like, Heg Seth, I'll I'll put together a show in New York. I want all the Fox and Friends people, all the Fox people, come out. We'll all do stand up. We'll just have a blast. We'll raise a bunch of money uh, for whatever charity we want to do, uh, and it'll just be fun. And God bless him, Heg Seth. Like instantly uh, shoots me a tweet. Like I'm, 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 I'm out. I just left the studio to get in my car and come home. And Hexeth's like, I'm in 100. percent So I'm like, holy crap! So now I have to do this. I am looking forward to it so much. It would be hilarious, hilarious. I want to get Brian Kilmeade on stage. Hexeth. I want Ed Henry. I want Ainsley. I want. All of them. It'll be like it'll be like a night of like eighteen comics. We'll have to pick a great charity. We'll have to pick a great charity uh, to raise money for. But it'll it'll be an absolute blast. An absolute blast. Now here's and this is scary uh, that I this is like my my knee jerk reaction. I want to get your feedback on this. 
I'm thinking, wow, I, I probably shouldn't advertise this. Why? Because uh, of security. Security concerns. Because it would be in Manhattan. It would be in uh, the, one of the, uh, the club I'm thinking about is Manhattan. But, like, I don't want protesters, man. I don't even want to deal with protesters or any of that stuff. And I don't want I don't want the I don't want the the kill meads and the Steve. Do- I don't want those guys to worry. You know, it should just be a fun evening. Right now, those <laughs> guys have to worry taking the train. I tell you that that thing with kill was very that was very scary. Yeah, I mean, that was very scary. You know, New York, New York seems a little less, first of all, law enforcement still does their job in New York, right? So Mm -hmm. that's, that's a plus. Look at what's going on in Portland. Like, don't do Portland. That would be bad. Wow. That dude, um. Andy No. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Andy Mm -hmm. No, whatever his name is. Yep. Wow. That um, uh, hopefully he's getting some help. He got yeah, for you, the listeners. He's a uh, he's got a big Twitter following, and he he actually covered some stand up that I was doing in Portland and protesters. An but he had a run in with Antifa, mm-hmm. and uh, wow, was it was it the Portland police who came out the other day and they were like, "Hey, we were crime no, free all day yesterday," yeah. just because like mm-hmm. they, they decided not to report it. Yeah, they just decided not to take anybody's reports or do anything about it. I mean, the first thing that happened to Andy while he was there is somebody um, sprayed his camera with silly string, and he got punched in the gut in front yeah. of a cop. The cop didn't do anything because he didn't want to escalate the situation. So the, scop- the cops are actually scared of those Antifa pro- protesters. Oh, I, 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 I don't even want to make the joke. I don't even want to make the joke of what I'd like to do. Yeah, I don't I even know. make the joke of what I'd like to do. But it would be hilarious and it would be fun and I would videotape the whole thing. There would just I be just, too much violence. So, I just like to like I just like to take some video from their behavior and the riot outside of the place called Cider Riot where Andy actually got bear maced and all that. Or bear sprayed. Yeah. I would just like to cut that video because it's Antifa. This is this is a group. Chris Cuomo, that freaking genius, likened to the soldiers who who stormed Normandy, and just ask him, Chris, are these the people you're talking about? Yeah, are these the people I you're go, talking about. I want to go to uh, like WWE, like a WWE training camp. I want to go to a uh, mixed martial an MMA training camp. I want to get like uh, ten from each. Ten people from like kids who want to be wrestlers, and 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 ten from MMA, and just have them dress up in suits and ties, and have them march around Antifa singing uh, "God Bless America," wearing MAGA hats, and like just just let them unleash. Just let them unleash. Just have at the. It's it's so frustrating when you watch these douchey little kids with their little scarves on and and it's like and like I know it was like a girl who punched Andy in the face one time and it's like they got their handkerchiefs on and their little hoodies with their little like we're gonna fight fascism and it's always it's always some little like they want to sucker punch you they want to you know I scored a silly string on your camera and you can't touch me because there's a cop right there this is this is this is a joke, you guys. I want to be abundantly clear. This is a joke. I would just like, you know, it's like that friend you have in college or high school 
who talks a lot of trash when they're drunk and everybody's like, mm, they're drunk, so I'm not going to fight back. Right. Like, I, I, I want, I want people to like, not, I can't, I'd love to see a real confrontation. I'd love to see one where, okay, the police are going to take a little walk. Now let's, now let's have at it. Now let's have at it. Let's do it. If you would like to physically confront me because you think I'm so evil, let's do it. And let's see what the outcome is like. Okay. We got off track. Uh, Sandler on SNL. It, it was it was wonderful. It was a nice. It was a breath of fresh air, man. It was a breath of fresh air. There was no uh, Donald Trump skit. There was no oh he's the worst president ever. There was no big blah blah. It was just funny. It was funny. Sandler did Opera Man again, which uh, say what you will about uh, Opera Man, but like. He took shots at the left. He took shots at the right. It was uh, it was an even-handed, and it doesn't have to be that every week. It doesn't have to be that every week, but like it was just nice to see some kind of balance and just some kind of like dedication to. I just want to be funny. I just want to be funny, and I was very very happy for Sandler. I don't know. It had been it had been like twenty four years since he'd been on that show. I don't know why so long. I don't know why so long, but it was yeah. it was good to see him back on. He was also on it when it was still funny. So he yeah. did what he's always done. Did you see the opening number? I didn't. Oh, he does this. Uh, he does this song. I was fired. I was fired. Uh, you know, when it's Sandler and he can sing and I was fired. And then Chris Rock comes out and Sam is like, what happened to you, Chris? And then Chris starts singing. I was fired. It was it was awesome. And then that kid, uh, Pete Davidson, came, comes out and he goes, I was fired. And Sandler's like, not yet. You weren't. No, give it give it a couple weeks. <laughs> it was a good show. It was a very funny show. So uh, that was cool to watch. We've got uh, we're all over the board here. We're all, all over the board. But I, I do not care. The Democrat uh, Senate committee was kind of funny yesterday. Was that was that, was that the chicken day? No, no, it's not the chicken day. It's the day they put out a poll and asked Twitter generally if they'd rather have more judges like Ruth Bader Ginsburg or more judges like Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, yeah. And they <laughs> lost and they deleted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the that's the risk you run, man. Yeah. I've seen I've seen the other the, the other side of that too. I've seen there's there's a guy, uh oh my gosh. Big uh big right winger dude. And he did a uh, he did a poll, and it's, mm-hmm. it just becomes obvious. All right, this is this has gotten out of control, and like Media Matters has gotten a hold of it, and then you're you're just getting crushed. And then they put up that little uh, they put up a tweet. Hey, come on, you guys, you got to vote in this poll. <laughs> but it's like it's just too late. But Ruth, hey, I'm gonna need some proof of life on uh, RBG. Is that chick um, still on the planet? When's the last time a photograph? Is oh. Shannon Bream the one that covers? Supreme Court for Fox, I think. I believe so. Yeah, she said she actually saw her in Chambers like a week ago. So she's alive. okay. Whew, yeah. that makes me feel better. I, I would still like a picture of like her holding a USA Today. I want to see how <laughs> she looks. I want to see her pallor, her skin tone, all that stuff. Oh my gosh! Uh, watching Carl Rove this morning. I, God bless him. Everybody's looking for a gig. Everybody has to have a gig, but like Carl Rove talking about what Donald Trump needs to focus on to win in 2020 is, I just can't take it. 
I just can't take it. If I was a producer on that segment, I'd be like, hey, uh, don't ask Carl what Trump needs to do uh, in 2020. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll give Chris Wallace credit on this, that he said it on, on Today's show. Because like Britt Hume was like, here, uh, the president needs to stop doing this. And then the, the left wingers were saying, here's what he needs to do. And then uh, Chris Wallace, to, to his credit, is like, you know, I don't know, you guys. Let's not forget uh, this is the dude who came out of nowhere, beat a ginormous <laughs> field, didn't play by their rules, did his own thing. So, so maybe we, maybe we, maybe we have nothing to add. <laughs> and that's I'm like, actually, that's actually almost self, self insightful for Chris Wallace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's almost like he did a little bit of self reflection. Or he just had an interview with the president, and the president's <laughs> like, hey, let's not forget these morons. I didn't listen to them. So right. the economy's doing great. I it's, mm-hmm. See, and it's like it, it, that wasn't – I don't mean to like – I'm not ra- railing on Karl Rove or Brit Hume or anything. I'm just saying it's it, these are not normal times. These aren't regular times. You know, They keep going, focus on the economy, focus on the economy. And like I think that ship has sailed. I, I think that ship has sailed. You can bring it up a couple times, just like, hey, yeah, and the economy, like a, a, as an add-on. But the days of, you know, George Bush Sr. going, the the economy is strong, the fundamentals are there, unemployment is 3.6. That's not the big exciting thing. You know, you just say, yeah, and the economy's booming. We're crushing it. America's back. That's what you do. You got to get emotional about it. And that's something that Trump understands instinctively, and you can't even teach him that. I still think it's about the wall. I still th- – I, I can't I'm, – I'm not, I'm not done with the wall and, and illegal immigration. Yeah, I'm, and, not, I'm not done by any means with the immigration. And I, and I – the Democrats are going to be hard-pressed to go into 2020 without a, an actual position other than Trump's ideas are bad. I mean that's all they've got. They don't have it, a policy prescription. Um, it is it, – it is, and, and this is not hyperbole. This is not hyperbole. I honestly don't know what they can run on other than we're going to give stuff away. That's, that's, that's literally all they have. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it's terrifying, especially – oh, I was, I was doing – I actually was doing a, a bit on this down at Comedy and Magic. I'm working on a bunch of new material. But this bit did not go over well. <laughs> but I the comedy, the comedy in it is like when you've got the, you know, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren talking about free this and Medicare for all. And they're talking about these 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 socialist policies at the very same on the very day you can turn on your TV and watch Venezuela literally on fire. You can watch the government ru- running over its own citizens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, how can you? How can you still talk about the the nards to talk about hey these social uh, these socialist policies these are pretty awesome when you can literally turn it turn the channel and watch people dying in the streets because socialism sucks so bad because it's outrageous it was funnier not, to me than it was to the people in the crowd they're not talking about socialism like Venezuela they're talking about socialism like free market economies in Iceland and Denmark. Yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say. But those countries have actually come out and said, we score higher on freedom in our economy than the U.S. does. We are not socialist. We have redistribution programs and we have a social compact that our citizens have have bought into. But actually, 
we're rolling back a lot of that stuff. Like Denmark's college tuition program, disaster. Disaster. You know what we should do? This would be great. Do you have do you know anybody who lives over there? I don't in Denmark that, or Sweden or anywhere? I don't, but the person um they actually did a, a video on Prager U from a guy who works in their economic council. That's kind of here's what here's my idea. Like you send uh I want a, I want like an an American couple to go over there. Or just an American girl or American mm-hmm. some 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 somebody who speaks English. They all speak English, but like right. I just want somebody to walk into a restaurant and go, uh I'd like a cheeseburger, fries, and like order just like a regular meal. Mm-hmm. Order just like a regular meal, and then we can break down the cost of that. I don't, I don't think people realize uh, the value added tax, the VAT. No. Like uh-huh. it's outrageous. You are taxed up to your eyeballs, and then when you go out to get something nice, uh, they just they just ream you a new one. But I mean, their whole—they don't even have a minimum wage. Really? Really? That's insane. I'm telling you, they like—they have lower corporate taxes than we do, even with the tax cuts. There's a there's a five minute video on Prager University where the guy who works for the Economic Council in Denmark basically destroys the argument that they're socialist. Well, good They're for not. Prager U. Huh? Good for Prager U. But I mean, the people, Iceland has done the same thing. Come out and said, guys, we're not socialists. Like, no, yeah. they are. We're not. <laughs> I mean, look at our economy. Look at how it functions. Like, if if the Green New Deal was proposed there, people in Iceland would be like, God, no. Yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the people in Iceland would be like, you better make sure China and India have their act together before we start making a bunch of sacrifices mm-hmm. and we're doing great as America. We're doing great. Our, our, we're still getting cleaner. I still look like it, like pollution in the ocean though. And it drives me crazy. Just drives me crazy. Well, we got to clean up the oceans. I I'm a big clean water, clean air guy too. Yep. Don't ever want to forget that. But okay. Where is all the, where is all the garbage in the oceans really coming from? I think you could probably go back to India and China on that exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. Which or you know what? Listen, let's start gathering up. Like they, they say, there's a big giant like island of plastic the size of Texas. Uh, let's start compacting that. Let's start compacting that to have a big floating island that just like that you could people li- could live on. It just float randomly floats around. It'd be like Pirate Island, and we can just have mercenaries on it, and they just randomly float around <laughs> and attack wherever they land. Alternately, Just, if you know where it is, go get it and recycle it. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like Pirate Island idea better. I like an island where we can just send prisoners and and <laughs> people oh, wow. trade mercenaries and just have them float around. They can fight dude. each other, they can take over ships. It'd be exciting. And then you could televise it. Pirate Island this fall on Fox. I would totally watch that. So we're not I just would... going to abuse them, we're going to exploit them. Well, <laughs> I would share the wealth with them. If if the show does well, if it does good enough in the ratings, uh, we would certainly help them out. I'll get that. I'll get Mark Burnett to help me. It'll be yeah. a Survivor. It'll. It's like a next level Survivor. Is, is, okay, is what we do. That's how we got Australia. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. 
Good old Australia. Prison colonies. What an idea. <laughs> you get some good people. Then you then you start finding minerals and some wacky kangaroos and people all of a sudden want to live there. Um, I want to I want to close the show with this in this last uh, like eight minutes. We got another Game of Thrones coming up tonight. I'm very excited. It'll be a, it'll be a, a bit of a reset. You can't follow uh, what happened last Sunday. That was just such excitement. It had been building for such a long, long time. And to the people who it, – it, it was a very dark episode. It was, it was like lit. It was, and they, it, was a, it was a choice they made. And I just want to say this publicly. Uh, I think it was an awesome choice. It was, it was a great choice because when it is that dark and you're like – it wasn't like the whole show was like that. But it was like the battle scenes and stuff. I, I thought that was a, a great way to to show like the, the the fog of war. Like, I should I attack that person? Is that a zombie? Is that my friend? I don't know. I thought it was very nicely done. Everybody keeps complaining about how dark it was, how dark it is. Well, it's listen. It's in that time period. If you're out in the middle of the night and the moon isn't full and you don't have a torch, it's gonna be dark, and that that adds to uh, the fear and not knowing. What's going on? And I will say this again, and it because just because it drives me crazy, uh, and it is the bee in my bonnet. I, I can't stop talking about how great George R. R. Martin is. In everybody, it was the highest watched program HBO's ever had, ever, ever. It was huge. Social media, it just was ginormous. And all of these people are like, holy smoke, I can't believe, wow, there was a hint that this was going to happen in season one. Oh, they said this was going to happen in season three. And oh, look at this. In season two, they reference and, – and no one is giving a shout out to the craftsmen. When, when you're looking at that kind of attention to detail – and I'm saying this. I got my writer's hat on and my producer's hat on. The guys who adapted this for for television have done a very nice job. And and yay, hooray, they're going to do a Star Wars trilogy, yada, yada, good for them. But when you start talking about like the holy crap, this was set up in season one and that was in season two. That's because someone cared. That's because someone cared. There was a a craftsman working here. There was a a fine author by the name of George R.R. Martin. This – he invented it. He did all of it. And the guy's just not getting the credit he deserves. Everybody, oh, HBO, oh, this actress, oh, this, oh, that. And no one's talking about the dude who created the source material. And it's the same thing uh, that you see happening uh, with Star Wars now. Like, Star Wars has gone off the rail because they keep getting farther and farther away from the source material, uh, which is George Lucas, which is a. A sad thing. We'll see what happens with J.J. Abrams. Hopefully they'll re- release another trailer to that soon. Uh, and I wish I had the sound clip for this. I don't. And I, and I won't even – I might try to get it to uh, uh, Kung Fu Rick so he can put it in. I saw a clip because uh, Peter Mayhew died the other day. Yeah, I The saw guy that. who played Chewbacca. There is a – there was two things that were really fantastic. One one is a an outtake – from uh, uh, Return, not Return of the Jedi, but The Empire Strikes Back. And, and it makes sense to me, but uh, <laughs> Chewbacca is fixing the ship. And, and this this is not this did not go in the final film. This is just a, a, a take that they did. Chewbacca's fixing the ship. The camera's really up high. It's an overhead shot. Harrison Ford comes walking in as Han Solo. <clears throat> and Peter Mayhew, the actor, 
starts shaking his wrench, and he's you can hear him inside the mask going, "Hey, where have you been?" <laughs> and and Harrison Ford is like, "I was trying to get the thing." <laughs> And and Peter May, he was like, well, we've got to fix this ship. It's not going to fix itself. Come on. We've got to go. Like, it, it totally never occurred to me that, like, he was actually talking like human. Like, he was speaking English to Harrison Ford to give him something to react off of. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, to, to hear it, it was just outrageously funny to me. It was just outrageously funny to me to hear Chewbacca talking with this English accent. <laughs> hey, where have you been? And, and this is a wonderful heartwarming thing, and it's important to me, so it's, I'm going to, there, ergo, it has to be important to you guys. There was a, somebody put it on Twitter, uh, there was a clip from an interview that Harrison Ford did, like, in 1977, talking about uh, filming, uh, you know, the first Star Wars movie, and and the, the guy interviewing him is like, so what's it like working with Chewbacca? And Harrison Ford, God bless that guy, goes... Well, there's a guy in there, and his name is Peter Mayhew, and he's a fine actor. He's what, and just like immediately pivoted away from the real pedestrian thing of like, hey, Chewbacca's a real. If you don't feed him on by noon, he'll rip your arm off. It could have been really horrible, but he gave uh, Peter Mayhew his credit, and God bless this guy. He's like seven foot something. He was an orderly in a hospital had like done uh nothing really in in terms of film he gets the part of uh Chewbacca and it's like the biggest movie ever it's the biggest movie ever right. and he goes back to working as an orderly in the hospital really so then they yeah yeah he went back to to wait. he was just just this big lovable british giant who's like in the biggest box office movie of 1977 1978 right. and he's just walking around the halls at the hospital again so then they do the sequel they do the empire strikes back and uh and and he after that goes back to work at the hospital just a, a beautiful man right. it wasn't until it wasn't until after uh, Return of the Jedi, I guess, where he he had enough money. He's like, okay, I, I guess I'm okay, and I'll be doing enough, you know, personal appearances that I don't have I don't have to go back to the hospital. It's very sad, very sad that Chewbacca's dead. But Peter Mayhew seemed like a very, very, very good dude. It bums me out. And the bluest eyes you've ever seen, the bluest eyes you've ever seen. Google a picture of Peter Mayhew. It's his 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 eyeballs are shockingly blue. He's like a they White Walker gone. from Game of Thrones. Did they put context on him then? Because I don't remember Chewbacca's eyes being shockingly blue. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, they are. There's just usually there's just so much shadow. Maybe but yeah, they have another. They're so kind of like set into the mask or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so much uh, in there. So uh, Star Wars Land has opened. I failed. I haven't gotten my reservations yet, but I do want to go to Star Wars Land uh, in in Disney World. I don't know when I'll be able to get in there, but I want to check that out. I really just hope uh, it focuses on the original trilogy because yeah, it's uh, I, I'm I'm already starting to get it. Last weekend was such a big weekend for pop culture between Avengers Endgame and Game of Thrones having mm-hmm. this giant episode. Uh, it was really like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of event. I don't know when we're going to get something that big again. I got a bad feeling in my uh, – I got a bad feeling about this uh, for Marvel. I, I, I don't know what they're going to set up. I don't know who the next villain's going to be. I'm going to sadly you know, 
like you're going to miss a lot of these characters. I don't know if they can. I don't know. We'll see if they can pull it off with just Black Panther and just Falcon and Spider Man. Spider Man's good, but I tell you what, have you seen the trailer for the new Spider Man? Yeah. It doesn't look that compelling to me. Doesn't look that compelling. Oh wow, Spider Man's Peter Parker's on a field trip. Like really, it seems like a. You know, Brady Bunch goes to Hawaii. Uh, Friends goes to England. It just yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a good a good episode. And, uh, will uh, I see it? I will. I, I gotta believe. I I like Guardians too much to believe that that's not going to be good. Well, uh, James Gunn is back mm-hmm. as the director. They quietly they quietly held out. They kind of kept it under the radar, but he's back as directing. I just don't think it's a good idea. I don't know if I don't know if Thor is going to be in that movie or not. But you got you got too much comedy there, too much comedy. It's the think, death of 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 comic book movies. I think I'm going to be probably still pretty interested in the movies from the characters that I already like and care about. Yeah. Any any that are centered around them, and I mean I even like Ant Man and the Wasp. I mean I'm going to be honest. I like that movie. It was it was fine. Um, it was fun. Yeah, it was just fun and and good, and I loved Michael Douglas in it. And you know, it's good. too much it's comedy, though. Too much comedy. Um, but uh, I don't see how they put the group thing together again. Oh, just y- don't. Y- you can't. You're you're years away from doing it. You're and, years and, away from doing and it. And especially if if you're, I mean, they knew that the only reason. Captain Marvel made money is because of where they inserted her into the Avengers franchise. And you can tell they know she's not a good character by how how small a role she played in Endgame. Yeah, they I, I, you 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 said it, sister. Mm-hmm. They took a look. They took a look at what happened to uh, Return of the Jedi or whatever mm-hmm. and, and what they did there. And they realized they were going probably a little bit too far with the girl power and they made a. They they made a good decision. They made a good decision. Yes, so far, Captain Marvel is not compelling at all. She is no, no Ridley from Alien. No. She is uh, she but is no. She's, a, she's leading a franchise. Did you see Chris Hemsworth look at her in that interview? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, Chris Hemsworth's like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody and everybody who's like, you're just uh, afraid of a strong female comic book character. Mm. I kind of loved Wonder Woman. Yeah, I kind of really. loved it, and I could watch it right now. Yep. Okay, that is an episode. You guys, uh, wonderful things. Again, just uh, I like to share my enthusiasm. Uh, big, big day for the theloftestparty.com. A lot of people signing up. A lot of people joining. So that's wonderful. The, the YouTube channel is going fantastic. The Facebook page is going fantastic. Uh, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Keep sharing. I'm adding some more dates to the Loftus Party Live show. Uh, I'll just let you know this. Uh, Nashville, May 28th. Huntsville, May 29th. Then we've got Kansas City, June 4. Omaha, June 5. Des Moines, Iowa, June 6th. Then now we're talking about Syracuse, Albany, and Hartford on June 11, 12, 13. And now there's going to be an Orlando and Tampa stop and as well as the New York Manhattan. So it's, it's, it's wonderful. I don't want to jinx anything. I want to keep the freight train a rolling all night long. So you're awesome. Stay in touch. 
I'll see you guys at theloftestparty.com.